Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast, where we talk about creating a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet. I'm Lawrence, a certified ketogenic health coach, and I'm so grateful to have you joining me on this journey. Every week, we bring in guests who have the knowledge and experience to help you on your own journey to a better health. This week, we have a special guest who has been through the same trials and tribulations as we all have on our search for a sustainable lifestyle. Together, we hope to assist you on your own journey. Uh, so I'm so excited for this. Our guest today is a licensed mental health counselor with over 15 years of experience helping clients through behavioral, cognitive behavioral, and dialectical behavioral therapy. In addition, she integrates the ketogenic dietary therapy as a treatment for mental illness and neurological issues, offering clients medication-free options for their mental health based on research and evidence-based nutritional psychiatry. She is also the founder of MentalHealthKeto.com, a blog dedicated to educating the public on the connection between nutrition and mental health. I'm so excited for this. I'm here with Nicole Laurent. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you on. And this is the you know, first time I'm bringing a repeat guest on the show. And our last interview did really well. And it was it was so good. We had to bring you back. And ever since then, I had you on. I've been following your journey. And I'm definitely a fan of, of your work and this topic that not many experts talk about, which is uh, the connection between, you know, the ketogenic diet and mental health. We got a, uh, a lot of new listeners here off the show, and I'd like for them to get the chance to know you a little bit. And you have a very, very successful career as a counselor, and you got a Master's of Arts in Clinical Psychology. On our first interview, you talked about the profound health experience that led you to this path of nutritional therapy for neurological disorders. Can you let them know how, you know, your backstory and what has led you to your path today? Yeah, so I, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I've been in private practice for 15 years. Way before I got my license, I was in graduate school and I developed a chronic pain disorder called trigeminal neuralgia. And also, as I think partially as a result of that, daily chronic migraines. So really severe migraines that would get worse as the day progressed. Not sure if they were actually classic migraines, but that's what the neurologist said. And tried all kinds of different things. Eventually was talked into going on pain medication, which I was very nervous about, but they reassured me that I could be titrated off. And, and that, that was that, and that, I, that controlled my pain through graduate school, mostly. 
And eventually, I was able to do my own research and found something called a neurostimulator, which was an operation I had that kind of reprogrammed those neurons that were overfiring constantly and always angry and upset. And that fixed fixed it. It fixed it. It was fantastic. But I was stuck on these pain medications. And they would try to titrate me down, and I would have, you know, it's really rough. And they would try to use bridge medication, and there were several failed attempts with that. I just did not react well to them. They didn't work. I would end up in the hospital not knowing while I was sick, and then the emergency room physician would figure it out. Oh, your bridge medication didn't take. You're in acute withdrawal syndrome. Finally, they got me on a bridge medication, and then I was really stuck on that bridge medication. And that bridge medication just really lowered the quality of my life because you take the bridge medication it has to go under your tongue it has to dissolve you can't really talk very well and then you get sleepy and then it rubbles out and you're you know you go on through your day but then you start to get the flu every single day And so what my life looked like then was I would do three clients in the morning, and by then I would basically have the flu, drive home, I lived nearby, had to have an office nearby, right? Take my bridge medication, fall asleep with my cat Lola, get up, eat, go back and see three more clients. And when we go on vacation, my life revolved around this bridge medication, when I was going to take it, would I get it, it, because it makes you sleepy, would I be able to take a nap, whatever. And so I was stuck on that for years, years of my life like that. And then my husband got a job somewhere else, and my doctor was like, I'm really concerned that you are not going to find another doctor to prescribe this bridge medication. There's this new doctor that has this new experimental protocol. You'd have to pay out of pocket for it, but I think we can get you off the bridge. So I did that, but that was awful. And now remember, it's well known in the pain medication community that these bridge medications are more difficult to get off than heroin. Mm. So they're not a great solution. But so I finally got off this bridge medication and that was beyond horrible. Like could go on talking about that. But my brain was just ravaged. So after like 14, 15 years of being on pain medication, now there's there's a cost to being on pain medication. There are hormone disruptors. There's some neurocognitive effects that happen long-term around that. So all of that, then many years on a bridge medication, and then finally getting off of the, the, the detox protocol that they used my, my brain was just ravaged, and I, when I look back now at how, how impaired I was, I met criteria for stage 1 Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So I was in such bad shape, and this was such a difference from, you know, in my early graduate program, even before, the, before pain meds I, and even after, I could visualize a page of text and find the paragraph and read from my memory a sentence mm. to not being able to remember what was for dinner after my husband told me four or five times Mm. and not being able to get around my community sometimes without a Google help or, I mean, it was really bad. So I found a ketogenic diet through a podcast. They were talking about the, the effects it has on cognition and brain health. And I thought, Ooh, this, this might help me. So after fumbling, um, And, you know, stops and starts and trying to figure it out, the lights came back on in my brain once I got the carbohydrate levels down low enough. And I was like, and it was like life changing for me. And 
It really helped my cognition. Really, I started to be able to remember words. I started to make more complex sentences again. I started to reach for slightly, slightly more difficult. I started to read again, just a little bit, because yeah. you know that was really impaired. When I got out of detox, I couldn't read. That's why I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I just could not focus and concentrate and take in information. And so then, let's see. Then, and part of that was what I was surprised about. What made me then say, like, I've got to figure out a way to tell my clients about this mm. was the effects of on my mood. Mm. So I, you know, I'm a mental health therapist. I have tons of skills, DBT, CBT, different behavioral skills. I know how to meditate. I do mindfulness work. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't realize how much I was having to use those skills in order to regulate my mood. But after a ketogenic diet, I was chill. Mm. I was, I, it was so much, I was, it was so much more relaxed. Um, I wasn't as overwhelmed about small things. I didn't have to constantly use those skills that had become a second nature to me. And I really noticed that. And so then I would have clients across from me that were having panic attacks, treatment resistant depression, you know, different types of disorders. And all of them, I knew, I knew this had really profound and lasting effects on mood. And I wasn't allowed to talk about it because yeah. that wasn't in my mm. lane. And sometimes when I would try <clears throat> to bring it up with, I would do it very sneakily yeah. at first. I'd be like, hey, you got to watch this video and <laughs> that sort of thing. But, and some of them would and some of them wouldn't. And, but I couldn't just give the information. Mm. And so after, you know, after a while that becomes really uncomfortable. It becomes an eth- what we would call in my profession an ethical dilemma mm. because our, our highest ethical thing is to do no harm. And by keeping this information from someone, I really feel like I was doing harm. Yep. And so ethically I decided I couldn't continue on by, by not talking about it. So then I went back and I got some postgraduate education on nutrition and integrative health. And I got some very specific, a specific certification about using nutrition as a mental health counselor. Mm. And it's not, you know, it, it wasn't a ketogenic program, but it, it helped cover me a little bit in terms of if I might get in trouble, yeah. you know, hey, no, I have CEUs about this specifically. Mm. And then finally, I took Georgia Eads clinician training and I got to see all these prescribers and all these clinicians. I was the only mental health counselor at that time who took a program that I'm I'm aware of, but seeing all those medical professionals being like, yes, we are going to use this in our practice. This is a legit treatment. This has tons of evidence. Mm -hmm. This is unassailable, quite frankly, at this point in my, that gave me the confidence. And then I came back and I'm like, I'm going to do the mostly this and I'm going to start my mental health keto blog. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to figure out a way to, explain to people the underlying mechanisms that this works on and why it is legitimately a, a, a good possible treatment for most mental illnesses. And that's what I found in the literature. Mm. And that's what I wrote. When I came across your work, that was the first time I saw that somebody, you know, putting together the case studies together on a miraculous effects. Like it is miraculous. Like what happened to you was miraculous because it took you years before you could finally get off those medications just to get you to detoxify from it it was brutal like you were you were talking about it i was 
sure I was dying yeah. during, and I told my husband during, I think I'm dying, I'm dying. Yeah. And I told the doctor I'm dying. And he laughed because he had seen many people go through it. Pretty sure they were yeah. dying, but it really does. It, if any of your listeners have been through it, they know what I'm talking about. And it, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah. And I understand how you said that you cannot continue without telling anybody what was actually going on because you know i imagine how frustrated you were and you know you're having this epiphany and you're regenerating like it basically it saved your life and you can't talk about it which is such a dilemma right and i commend you going back to you know studying about this and you know making sure that you could practice this with without getting in trouble which is very hard to do for for professionals because I myself, truth be told, I when I heard about this and when it happened to me, I started, you know, cold calling psychiatrists and uh, psychologists and get them to look look into it because I have family members who are in therapy that I want to help, right? But with the, without any designation, I can't, you know, say anything unless, you know, somebody like you with the practice looks into it, right? And, you know, I find that they're very resistant to it. And I, I don't blame because it is a risk, right? Like you talked about, there's a risk within the practice. You can't really talk about it. It's fascinating because, first of all, it gives people hope, right? And second, it takes the blame away from the individual, right? You know, you can now point at something tangible. Okay, this is not me. This is something that's happening to me. In your case, your brain regenerated pretty quickly once you implemented the ketogenic diet. And it basically shaped your practice going forward. Can you take us through that transition from your, you know, their practice into integrating a ketogenic diet? And how were you able to help people with it? Yeah. So, like I said, at, at first, it was just suggestion. It was like, hey, you should watch this video about ketogenic diets. I, it was, you know, it wasn't a, often. It wasn't a direct challenge to the mental illness diagnosis. It was, hey, you have untreated diabetes and I'm noticing that your memory is not, or you're telling me also that your memory is not very good. Do you know about insulin resistance? Do you know about brain hypometabolism? You should, yeah, no? Okay, well, there's this great video and it's a video by a doctor at a medical conference where people get CME, so this is legit. Do you want to watch this video and see what you think? And sometimes it would just start that way. You know, that's that's what we could do. And then, of course, we do it and they're like, oh, my mood is so much better. My depression, my anxiety is so much better. Well, yeah, that's a thing in diabetes. But even... You know, and sometimes because I take in, I currently still take insurance in Washington state. So I, you know, I get people from all different walks of life and all different kinds of knowledge bases. And so sometimes it's not about ketogenic diet. Sometimes it's about the quality of their food, mm. highly processed foods, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to eating nutrient dense foods. Sometimes they're choosing foods that are not bioavailable with the nutrients and they're not getting it. And so sometimes it's small things like that. And, and I always make the connection between you know, they'll come in and they'll be in a bad way. And I'll be like, what'd you eat the last three days? Mm. And they'll tell me and we'll make connections. Well, sounds like your blood sugar might've got spiked. Do you know that that can really increase neuroinflammation? Did you know that your brain has a really hard time making its neurotransmitters in the right balance when it's got neuroinflammation mm. going on? 
you know, you might want to consider not eating that or choosing something else just to give your brain a chance to make what it needs in the right ratios. So I always, every possible time, I will bring it back to diet and whether diet might be relevant and not puts it in the client's mind, they start to pay attention to patterns that way. And pretty soon they're coming to me being like, yeah, I was, you know, moderate carb. I was, you know, I was doing the paleo thing. And then I went, I had that ice cream and I've had three days of anxiety since I see the connection. So, so sometimes we start with that. And then, you know, I got additional training and writing the blog was really helpful because it, you know, when you have to write something, you really learn something and you own that knowledge and you're able to speak about it better. And so I think that was instrumental in my ability to be able to talk to clients about what right. what a ketogenic diet does and what the underlying mechanisms are. And I think that my confidence in what I'm saying, because I literally went to the literature yeah. and read it, really helps other people understand and take it seriously. Mm, yes. Yes, it, that's very important. People choose to go on psychiatric medications for uh, for their mental disorder, right? You know, current treatments such mm-hmm. as yeah, medications only work. We, we talked about this on the fir- on our first interview where it only works on specific neurotransmitters. You said, but not comprehensively on the overall health of the brain. Medication alone are not enough to fix a neurotransmitter imbalance. Um, can you elaborate on why that is? Why does it? it why does medication uh, medications uh, work completely, and wh- why is the ketogenic diet more effective you know, on just brain health in general? Hey guys, let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle. Did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep? Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. And if I can avoid buying non-keto-friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock-hard avocados, and they will keep your eggs safe too. And Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. So medications can be helpful for people. They tend to they tend to focus on one neurotransmitter system at a time. Again, I'm not a prescriber so I can't speak authoritatively on this topic. This is just generally what I know and what I've heard mm-hmm. and what I understand from the limited psychopharmacology that therapists get, that that clinicians get. And so so often you know, psychiatrists are trying to affect multiple systems and that requires more different medications. And there is a exponential increase in side effects that happens the more medications you add trying to affect different neurotransmitter systems. And then of course there's medications to manage the side effects from the medications. And for a lot of people, that is not a sustainable solution. It doesn't it doesn't work. And even 
the medications that people take, often, you know, if they tolerate the side effects, sometimes the effects are not long-lasting because the brain really will make adjustments and modify the amount of certain neurotransmitters they make in response to medications like SSRIs, for example. So that's part of why there's a withdrawal syndrome that many people experience when they go off of SSRIs, right? Because their brain has actually decided that they need less serotonin because more is being left in the synapse at this point. And then you take the SSRI away and that mechanism goes away and that person doesn't have enough serotonin and they have to upregulate that. And that takes extra micronutrients, that takes lots of amino acids, you get withdrawal syndromes. So I think, I think I love when medication saves lives. I, I'm totally for it. I don't, I am, I am unconvinced that it is an effective treatment for mental illness. I see medication as a rescue mm. type of thing in an emergency much more mm. than an actual treatment for a brain that is struggling and, and needs some help regaining its health. That's how I see it. And the imaginary line between neurological symptoms cognitive symptoms and mood issues and mood disorders is absolutely imaginary it is just a a some kind of industrialized way that our system likes to build for things or teach about things i'm not sure where that started but that is just not an evidence-based view mm -hmm. so some people are going to manifest poor brain health with neurological symptoms and some people are going to manifest it as a mood disorder and most people are going to do a combination and that's very clear in the literature. You don't have Parkinson's and Alzheimer's without a mood component and you don't have mood disorders without cognitive components. Ask anyone with depression. Yeah. Brain fog is very real mm -hmm. and so this, this is an imaginary curtain that we pull between these two issues. So ketogenic diets do a lot more than just work on one neurotransmitter system. They seem to balance all of them. So the GABA glutamate system, they reduce dopamine when dopamine needs to be reduced. They, uh, uh, they help with serotonin amounts. I mean, it really does, there's a lot of magic that kind of goes on there that a ketogenic diet will do that we don't have any clue how to regulate those things effectively. Mm -hmm. You know, that the body knows how to do and understand. Psychiatric medications do not rescue poor brain energy. They are not a fuel for the brain the way ketones are. And on the Mental Health Keto blog, if you look at all of those diagnoses that I did research on, I believe all of them have areas of the brain where there's brain hypometabolism, meaning that part of the brain is not producing energy well anymore mm. for whatever reason. And so psychiatric medications do not rescue brain energy in structures that are struggling with brain energy. Okay. Now some psychiatric medications have an anti-inflammatory component that can improve neuroinflammation mm. at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. Okay. But not to the not to the effect that we see in ketogenic diets. Mm. Ketogenic diets are producers of ketones, and those ketones are molecular signaling bodies, and they literally turn genes on and off. And one of the 
one of the pathways that they work on is chronic inflammation. So ketogenic diets will reduce chronic inflammation in the body and, as it, and the brain. They're fantastic for that. And they'll just keep on doing it. They won't stop working like medications do, often do. Again, we see an improvement sometimes with, with certain medications. And p part of it, and quite frankly, it's not because of the neurotransmitter balancing effects necessarily. I think it's because of the reduced reduction in neuroinflammation. But another, a psychiatrist can totally, you know, talk to or comment about that because that's not my area of expertise. My, I'm a therapist. Ketogenic diets. Oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Shall we talk about yeah. the other things that ketogenic diets do that medications cannot and do not provide for brain health? So ketogenic diets will molecularly upregulate the production of antioxidants that we make in our own body. So endogenous, made in our own body, glutathione. And glutathione is a very important antioxidant, and, and you get really high levels of oxidative stress when you don't make enough glutathione. Well, ketogenic diets upregulate that, and that is fantastic for brain health, and we don't have medications that do that. Mm. Ketogenic diets increase brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF. Okay, exercise increases that too, but if I've got someone so depressed they can't get off the couch and take a shower, it is unreasonable of me to expect yeah. them to go out for a run. Although we do prescribe behavioral therapy like that, you know, go for a walk or whatever, get moving. But it's hard. It's hard. And and patients often don't stick with those therapies for, for whatever reason. So anyways, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Many mental illnesses have areas of the brain where connections between structures that are supposed to be there are not very strong. And so BDNF is, is great for building connections in the brain, for repairing the brain. We don't get that from medications. We don't, that is not offered in pharma. And so my opinion as a mental health counselor and someone who does this with people all the time and I get to see all of these systemic benefits happen all at once. You know, brains light up, moods improve, people's energy goes up, they're more chill because they got more GABA, they're less irritated by their kids and their wife and their husband and their boss, they're less overwhelmed. I always use the example of unloading yeah. the dishwasher, but yeah. there's other things. They're making phone calls now where before they would avoid that. I mean, I don't see that with medication. Yeah. And I would challenge any therapist yeah. To, to tell me that they see that level of improvement that quickly with those behaviors across the board with their patients on medication. Yeah, and it is great because I also experienced this and it was, this is so miraculous that I have to, I'm obligated to really talk about it. That's why I'm having experts like you on the show who actually can speak on these topics because this is incredible and um, we have to just continue talking about that to change the landscape, right? It, it is a uphill battle. I understand that. There's a lot of, you know, obviously it is something that is out of the box for some people. For me, 
the data is there, right? You have the case studies. A lot of people who are experts in the space, like Dr. Chris Palmer, he just came up with a book called Brain Energy. And he talks about the effects of metabolic disorders with mental illness and, and how that affects the, the whole mental health space, right? And it, this is going to be a huge topic in the next decade. And if we can just get this out there by just talking about this, you yourself, that's why I commend you so much because you have pivoted into you know, practicing this, not just keeping this for yourself, but also sharing this with your patients, right? And that's the right thing to do. And you know, we just hope that a lot more you know, practitioners would follow suit, right? No, here you talked about how medication has an effect with ne- neuroinflammation, but how the ketogenic diet has a better result. And you know, we talk about a good diet, exercise, you know, reducing stress, good sleep, right? All affects neuroinflammation. Right. And um, the three is... An immune system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Immune system. I didn't even talk about the immune system effects. So ketogenic diets are used often as an adjunctive therapy to cancer, and they are fantastic for autoimmune issue and they balance the immune system and that is really important because if you are having a underactive or a overactive which is kind of a very very simplistic way to think about autoimmune issues but that imbalance can increase inflammatory cytokines in the brain and that will increase neuroinflammation Mm. yeah so that's another thing that psychiatric medications do not help with is immune function and the direct effect that immune function has on brain health. Mm. Yeah, yeah, amazing stuff. And for mental health counselors, you know, they may be discouraged, right? Discussing a dietary therapy as a treatment option. If you would put yourself in their shoes, let's say somebody who come across this, you know, somebody come across your work, I'm in the mental health space. And what do you think most experts in the mental health field have trouble with grasping this information? Well, in all fairness, like with eating disorders, for example, we are taught that any kind of restriction is dangerous. And so a ketogenic diet, just by its very definition of restricting carbohydrates, is going to go against what a a mental health clinician has been trained to believe that is a proper psychological intervention. And so sometimes there is a lot of cognitive dissonance that happens with that. And I think that for counselors who have used a ketogenic diet for whatever reason, for their own chronic health conditions or whatever, understand that that's not, that that the, the psychological literature and the nutritional biochemistry and literature on metabolic syndrome, you know, type two diabetes, that we're not, we're not getting, we're not seeing eating disorders. We're treating eating disorders. Eating disorders are getting better, save perhaps active anorexia, which we don't use a ketogenic diet for. But bulimia, binge eating disorder, there are trials, I believe trials going on now and case studies around using this. So, so those therapists who are aware of that are going to be less nervous about talking about this. And quite frankly, if you haven't If you are a mental health counselor listening and you have not gotten to experience your brain and how it feels on a ketogenic diet, I say start there. Mm. Start there for a month or two at the most and just see. 
because yeah. you you won't really have an understanding of what this does unless you experience it yes. yourself and you will you know so i think that is great also because it really helps us understand what our clients are going through and learning how to track carbohydrates and trying to figure out what to eat and I think, I think it just really puts you in a better position to be able to help others and to really understand and be able to talk confidently about the effects. But if you don't need to do that and you don't want to do that and you still feel amazing and you feel amazing anyways and you still want to share this therapy with your clients, then my go-to would be Georgia E's training. And there's also a great, I, I like that one specifically because Georgia talks about the medications particularly, which therapists don't touch. We don't go near it. We don't, we barely talk about it, right? It was like, go to your prescriber, go to your, we don't touch that. But it is kind of nice to know what the effects of some of the medications can be on a ketogenic diet. And just having that on your radar gives you a little bit more confidence. So I really like Georgia Eads program. The Charlie Foundation is, has a great two different, like a foundational ketogenic diets and an advanced training that are absolutely excellent. I have not taken them, but Georgia has, and she raves about them. So those are really great. The problem is, and hopefully this will be fixed, but there's not continuing education credits. So these programs are not connected to how therapists get our continuing education credits. You can get CMEs continuing medical education if you're a doctor or you're a prescriber or you're a nurse practitioner but and I believe that the Charlie Foundation one offers some I don't know but you know you can get nutritionist see you know continuing education but for therapists we go through these training programs and we don't get any continuing education credits and I don't care but but that might make it a little bit easier because it is an investment to learn how to do these therapies properly so that would be great I'm sending that out into the universe that I would like all of these programs to be accredited with the American Psychological Association mm. or the American Counseling Association or social work. So that would be amazing. And that would really help the very small tidal wave of mental health therapists that have come out wanting to do this therapy or offer this therapy with their patients and their, their clients. So that's where I would start. And then if anyone wants to do a consult with me, sometimes you just have to hang with someone who does it all the time and is able to speak confidently about it and talk about the ethical dilemmas they went through and the fears and the, you know, here's how I, you know, here's my informed consent for ketogenic dietary therapy. Here's what my informed consent for the intake looks like. You know, here's the different programs that I use to track people's ketone level, you know, just the, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts of it. And I'm always up for a good role play. So I will be the client being skeptical about nutrition as a mental mm. health intervention. And, and you, as the person learning to do this, can speak to me and get. So I'm all there to support any mental health counselor that wants to do, the, do this life changing, revolutionizing therapy for their patients. There we go, guys. We'll link everything down in the description box below. If you want to connect with Nicole, we'll, we'll get the link there. Also, Georgia Eats, I'd, I'd love to link that down below too. Yeah. Diagnosisdiet.com. Okay. Diagnosisdiet.com is where you find her. And then charliefoundation.org, I believe, is the other one. All right. Again, you know, if you're a patient and you're hearing about this for the first time and you want your you want your practitioner to can you bring this to your practitioner let's say i'm a patient 
and I I heard about this new therapy, ketogenic therapy. Can I talk to my practitioner about this? Yeah, so you absolutely can. And it is fantastic when someone encounters a practitioner who is up in their education on things like cholesterol and understands all, all of that. And because many of them will tell you that you will die of a heart attack if you do a ketogenic diet, they, they are not up on the training. They are trained in meds often, and, and they're not up on this other form of treatment. So, so here's the thing. It's, it's great to get the buy-in of your doctor. And people have really interesting emotional relationships with their doctor, particularly if they have been seeing them for a long time and there's trust. And it can be really hard when they just have no clue what you are talking about. Yeah. And here's what I tell people. You can still love that doctor. You can still go to that doctor when you've got an ear infection and you, you know, get it. But for this particular intervention, there are plenty of low-carb informed doctors all over the country, all over the world, and you can connect with one of them, and you can get the support you need, or you can get a second opinion about whether it's safe for you to do a ketogenic diet, which I don't think there's safety issues, but apparently they exist for some people. If you have a chronic condition, you know, you might want a doctor who actually understands the research literature on this before they just say no. Mm. Right. You don't want a doctor who just going to say no because they're misinformed or because they just they just don't know the research and they don't want to go there with you. You know, so I say there's all kinds of directories with all kinds of low carbon informed doctors that are just as fantastic doctors as yours has been for all those years. And it is OK for you to get a second or third opinion. It is OK. You are not you are not being mm. disloyal. You can put yourself first and you can put your health first and it's okay to get a second opinion. Mm. Let's get to some examples here so from your case studies. Can you provide some examples of how a ketogenic diet has helped improve mental health symptoms of, you know, maybe your client or an individual mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not like Chris Palmer and Georgia E, they make the best case studies. So they, they take a lot of symptom checklists and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of lazy with my, my case studies, although I'm getting better at, at starting because when people enter my, I don't always know if they are going to merge into a ketogenic diet, right? I have, I have some basic symptomology stuff that I do, but anyways, let's see. So I treat lots of people with a ketogenic diet. So I have people with binge eating disorder that I've successfully treated. I have people, many people with bipolar. I have people with depression, treatment resistant depression, and also, you know, the run of the mill depression, anxiety of all flavors. I call them flavors. So OCD, which a lot of, you know, what's really interesting is my most Googled blog post is about OCD and ketogenic mm. diets. Like that is every day that I, you know, when I check once a week or every day, that has always got the most hits. And I'm always really surprised by mm -hmm. that. So, but it is fantastic for that actually. So let's see, what else do I treat? It's great for generalized anxiety disorder. So let me talk about the kind of a more recent one. So I had a lady with binge eating disorder and overweight and lots of anxiety. And she had a history of 
having to go to fat camp when she was younger and really not wanting to track anymore and just really had been taught that fat is dangerous and you have to do low fat and you you know you have to eat the carbs and and you have to count your calories and it's just about exercise if you just exercise it's going to go away and all that and so it was really a long journey and she was just one of my insurance people and, you know, run of the mill, but she had a curiosity and she wanted to kind of learn more. And so finally she went on a low carb diet. This wasn't even, I wouldn't say that she was actually even creating ketones on a regular basis, you know, continuously, but she, you know, she started to lose weight and she was just absolutely dumbfounded by how she wasn't hungry constantly and how she didn't, she went to Thanksgiving and she said, I didn't even want the pie. Mm. Like I wasn't even, and so she was just really surprised by that. And we've had many conversations about why wasn't this offered to me all along? And really people are kind of mad about it. Like once you, once you, once you go on a ketogenic diet and your symptoms get better, you get pretty pissed. Yes. Why was this kept from yep. me? Why wasn't this given to me as an option? I could have felt better 15, 10 years ago, five years ago. I've been suffering. So people get mad. So Mm. we're working through her anger. But her binge eating is not a thing anymore. Mm. And she's not developing anorexia because of it. She's not feeling deprived. She's not getting a micronutrient deficiency or insufficiency because she's not eating tons of the rainbow constantly. She's thriving. She's thriving and she's doing behaviors that she wouldn't do before. She's on dating Mm. apps now. And it's not because she's skinnier. It's because she feels more. It's because her brain chemistry is different. She's able to move out and do things that before were scary. But now that her anxiety is lower are not. And that's what we see. How? You know, I have. mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Sorry. We can wait. Oh, I was I was going to say I have been. I have had the pleasure of working with a gentleman, uh, a young man with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and he, within three months of a ketogenic diet, he is his his functioning is just so much better. I just and cognitive, like I can't even. I didn't do I didn't do measurements because I was working with him in conjunction with another person, and they were doing the measurements, but uh, another practitioner, but. It's amazing. So this is someone who did not work, could not work on very, very high doses of medication, tons of cognitive symptoms, just did not feel right in his body and brain Mm. constantly, did a ketogenic diet and, you know, had a great prescriber, a low carb informed prescriber that knew when it was time to titrate (laughs) medications down and how to monitor those. And now it's been about three months and this young man is looking for a job. Wow. This man is talking about dating. Wow. This man, and a lot of our work is about That's how do amazing. you restructure a sense of self during your formative years that was wrapped around your identity being a mental diagnosis and the limiting factors of that. How do you restructure your sense mm. of self and your sense of identity and who you are and learn who you actually are yeah. when you're when you've got your brain's got all that it needs? Yeah. Like, that's our work now. I love that yep. work. But I can't do that work when people are so ill that really we're just trying to keep them alive. Mm. We, can't, we can't do that deeper work. And so I love ketogenic diets because 
I want to do more than keep people alive. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see them thrive yeah. and I want to see their suffering go down and I want them to learn who they are and what they're capable of and not have it wrapped around these narratives around lifelong mm-hmm. chronic illnesses yeah. and have that be their belief system about what their life is going to look like. Mm. Hate that. I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm not yeah. playing with that. We're not going to do that in my practice. Yeah. You have a lot of empathy for these people because you've, you know, you've suffered from, you know, the same way like like they are. And you know that people are suffering. And, and you know, you've seen so many people who have really regenerated from these mood disorders. You know, you talk, we talk about schizophrenia. We talk severe mental illness. Severe mental illness that when I was in my clinical psychology program for grad school, we didn't even talk about no doing therapy with them. Our therapy that we were supposed to give these people were protocols, CBT protocols, to make them stay on these medications. Mm. That's what I was trained to do for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And I was told that they can't even make good progress, potentially, in therapy because of this illness. And really, my job was to keep them on medication. Wow. It's amazing. It's it's nothing short of a miracle and what you know, what's going on here, right? And how mm-hmm. the ketogenic therapy works with, you know, you talk about how s- these conditions are, are you know, looked at as, uh, you know, basically there's nothing we could do for them, but keep them on medication, make sure that they're on medications, right? And some of these medications, you know yourself that these medications actually n- just numb you just numb your brain and numb your body into so that, you know, I, I know the effects of this because I, 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 you know, my mother-in-law suffers from bipolar and they give her a strong medication where she couldn't even move. And so these medications are really damaging. And when we talk about how a ketogenic th- diet can really, you know, help these people within three months, he said, they're back into you know, their normal lives, they, you know, talk about, he's starting to talk about starting a, a, a Reiki practice. Oh, wow. Right? That's what he loves to do. Mm. He loves to work with energy and that's his thing. And yeah. Yeah. And some of these people just want to live a normal, full, normal life, right? Like us. And, and imagine that, you know, all of these people that you're helping, I, I just hope the reason why I'm called calling psychiatrists because I know there's a lot of people out there who their their patients are suffering and they and these people really doesn't know that this is an option, right? We, the only thing that we we ask here is this becomes an option for people, right? Right. And we should talk about that. Yeah. We should talk about that. So there's so hashtag metabolic psychiatry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so psychiatry that looks at metabolism as an underlying cause of mental illness and uses different <laughs> treatments, different mitochondrial upregulating treatments that, that help metabolic function in the brain. And that doesn't have to be a ketogenic diet. Chris Palmer is very clear as he puts forth his theory of metabolic issues as the underlying cause. It's very clear that there are other 
mitochondrial interventions that can be helpful, like exercise nice. and you know many many other things. And and that is absolutely legit. Mm. The people I work with are are they have a hard time. I mean, when your body's super inflamed systemically, it is really hard to work out. You go work out, you don't have good energy, you're super sore for four days afterwards, it feels like an uphill battle. I like ketogenic diets as a treatment in metabolic psychiatry because I think it is the fastest way to help someone feel better and upregulate that and get them off and running. And quite frankly, people start working out after, you know, because they have so much energy. It's a much easier way to do it. So there's lots of metabolic psychiatry interventions. My personal favorite is a ketogenic diet. And so there is a renaissance of metabolic psychiatry going on. And it's actually been around for a very long time. Chris Palmer talks about it on the Metabolic Mind channel on YouTube. Sorry, I gotta get rid of this cat. Metabolic Mind YouTube channel is a great place to get accurate information about metabolic psychiatry. There's reviews of the literature, Brett Good old Brett Shear yep. from Diet Doctor Days is on there telling people about it. And then you get to watch these videos of these cutting-edge scientists doing research on metabolic therapies for the brain. So it's a fantastic resource. So I think that... And then, of course, you have the, the Bazooki Brain Research Group running around giving these brilliant researchers the funding they need in order to do RCTs, in order to do this research and publish it and get it published. And, I mean, after a while, I mean... The research is just so good. I don't know what else someone needs in order to feel like this is a legit treatment. But I'm there, and I'm pretty sure that other people are going to be there. And my hope is that this will be, have such a solid research base that this must be taught in medical schools. That professors know that this has to be taught as as a part of any md's education or any mm. anyone who works with brains and wants brains to work better so so i think we're at a renaissance and i'm really excited about it and i think that there is a possibility that someday this could be standard of care now mm. i know there's the negative people out there not negative the realistic people out there that are like oh no it's not pharma it's not going anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah but you know what i kind of don't care so there's people suffering right now, and I am all for infrastructure change, where this becomes a standard of care and people are offered this immediately, right alongside meds, and they get a full informed consent of the pros and cons. Again, I might be more optimistic than I should be and, and idealistic, but I don't, I, I want to be really clear with your audience that you don't have to wait for your doctor to give you the red light for this, or the green light, sorry, not the red light, the green light. So as long as you have a cooperative prescriber, and I would say, go find a low-carb doctor. If your doctor has said no, you can't, you shouldn't do the ketogenic diet, for goodness sakes, just go get a second opinion. Just go get a second opinion from an actual low-carb informed doctor that knows what they're doing with it. And when they give you the go, all you need is a cooperative prescriber. There are lots of people who can help you do a neurologically appropriate, a mood disorder appropriate ketogenic diet, teach you how to track your macros, give you your macros, teach you, you know, what you need for electrolytes, all that good stuff, how to do exogenous ketogenic. I have an online program. I have lots of bipolar people in an online program. Not everyone is appropriate for an online program for that component. 
and I screen very carefully for that. But for many, many people, something like that, I don't care if you go to me, like I said, Diagnosis Diet has all kinds of clinicians trained in how to help you with that component. And you pair that with a knowledgeable prescriber about low carb, you're set. Mm. You got this. Yeah. And so while I would like it to be part of the medical system, the medical establishment, I am not willing to let people suffer and not know about it until that happens because God knows I don't know when that will happen will that be five years from now will that be ten years from now yeah. that is that is quality of life lost yeah. yeah so you really have to nobody's gonna in nobody anytime soon I mean if you get lucky if you happen to get a Chris Palmer as your psychiatrist who's like hey yeah. this is the thing to try that's great but most people don't have that and so I just want people to know that you do not you do not have to suffer needlessly yes. waiting for the medical establishment to catch the f up mm. you mm. you you can do this this is doable you might have some stops and starts you might need extra support like my online program has two live q and a's a week and it's it's forever like you can always go, like you can have as many as you want as many as you need as many as but I really don't see that. I don't see a tons of stops and starts. I see people be able to implement it. They feel better. They're motivated to stay on it because they feel so much better. And they were off and running. Mm. That's why I love having you on. You answer all of my questions here. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, where can people find you again? Nicole, what website can they go on to? What, where can they book a one-on-one -on -one with you? What are the programs? Yeah. Can you tell us right now? Yeah. Yeah. So mentalhealthketo.com is the best. There's contact form on there. There's also an enrollment application for the Brain Fog Recovery. I call it the Brain Fog Recovery Program because I help people both who identify as having cognitive symptoms or mood symptoms. Again, you, they have to. it's an enrollment procedure. I have to screen. I have to make sure that they have a collaborative prescriber. We have to find them one before they can start the program. I'm very serious about that. Nobody gets in without one. And if, if they're, if they have, if they're a little bit more sick, I want a good caregiver interaction, or I want a support person as part of that. Don't have to have that, but it's so helpful. So brain fog recovery program application is on there. You can also go to brainfogrecoveryprogram.com. I've got like a free brain nutrition guide you start there and it moves you towards an application process if you want one and i'm all over twitter lately twitter as keto counselor i'm on instagram as mental health keto i am on tiktok sort of i mean it's a lot it's There's a lot a of all of these platforms <laughs> trying to get this out yes, it's a yes. lot we it's have been to. a learning you curve for me yeah it's super hard but i'm mostly on twitter lately i'm on facebook Almost nobody follows me there, but you'll find me. Just do Nicole Laurent and I'll pop up. Awesome, Nicole. You're doing such great work. I, I'm such a fan of your work and, you know, your dedication into just wanting people to know about this is really commendable. And, you know, I wish you all the best with, with everything. And, you know, I hope that, you know, the, the positive, the positivity that you, share you know leads into you know changes in the medical field and you know find we can finally have this as a 
as a standard care, right? That's what we all want. Yeah, and if it's not, we're gonna we're gonna do what we need to do to be well. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're gonna figure it out for ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Nicole Laurent, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story here today, and hope that we pick. I I definitely learned a lot from you, and more more so than you know, because I this is this is what I want, like mental health, mental illness, and how we can reverse that, regenerate from that, and that's what I'm all about. Thank you so much again, Nicole, for for being on. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes take advantage guys of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you and stay tuned for more captivating episodes and until next time guys keep embracing the power of ketones